This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Greetings, Gothamites. Lane here. Welcome to episode 15 of Batman Books, The Dark Knight in Prose, where the only pictures are those formed in the imagination. So I have a few things to address. First, remember a couple of episodes ago where I said I was going to buy the, quote, unabridged novelization of the 89 Batman from Audible to see if it really was unabridged? Spoiler, it is most definitely abridged. It deviated from the book's text within the first few paragraphs on the first page, so I returned it. You know, thankfully, Audible has an easy return policy. I did let Audible know that it is mistakenly listed as unabridged, but I doubt anything will change. So just an FYI, if you see a so-called unabridged audiobook version that is one hour and 35 minutes long, just know that it has been recorded with the soundtrack of lies. Second, a bit of feedback from Discord user Palo. He writes, Hello, this is Palo on Discord. Firstly, I'm loving your podcast. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and for now have skipped the 89 novelization. I specifically listened because of The Ultimate Evil, which I read as a child, and it had quite the effect on me. So I was looking forward to this particular book when your podcast launched. So thanks. I'm enjoying your coverage of it. Well, as much as a book on this subject can be enjoyed, that is. I'm really emailing you because a few years ago I was made aware of the Wayne Foundation. Yes, it's Batman-inspired. An organization that battles trafficking here in America. I thought that maybe you can bring some attention to the organization, given the book you're currently on. Thank you for your great work. Palo. What a great email. Thank you so much, Palo. And thank you for the pronunciation guide. It made me chuckle. So folks, I'm going to add the link that Palo provided to the show notes from here on out, so look for that there. After all, it is further proof that Bruce Wayne and Batman truly exist, so... Third, uh, life kind of got in the way recently, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and record a full episode. So this is the perfect place to give you all a surprise. Well, it's not really a surprise because I've been around different social media platforms begging for questions, but for those of you who haven't seen those posts, I have a surprise! This episode will contain the interview I did with Mr. Andrew Vax himself. He was kind enough to call me up last weekend and chat with me for a bit. I apologize for the quality of the recording. It was done over telephone, and Google Voice doesn't make the clearest recording, apparently. But I think you'll find it very interesting. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a regular episode covering chapters 11 and 12. I hope you enjoy the interview. Until next time, Gothamites, happy reading. 
All right. First of all, I really want to thank you for giving some of your time to talk to me and to some of my listeners about your book, Batman the Ultimate Evil. I'm assuming since you wrote a Batman book that you are a fan of the character. Can you tell us about your background with the character and you know when you became a fan? I can't tell you any of that because it's not accurate. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Um, I didn't know anything about Batman. I was approached by the conglomerate that owns the franchise, and they asked me if I'd be willing to write a Batman novel. And I said, I don't really know anything about Batman. And they said, well, we assumed you did because you've written comic books, which was Correct, uh, yeah. hard. Yeah. The Hard Look series, and I said, well, truth is, I didn't write them. I wrote uh, short stories, and those were adapted and then drawn, but I didn't have anything to do with that. So they said, well, we have uh, all the material. They had a, a whole damn Bible of stuff uh, <laughs> about that man. And I said, well, look, I, I'm still knowing about this. Are you saying I could write? this character, use this character for my own purposes. And he said, sure, as long as you don't break any of our rules. And that was the deal. Wow. Well, you seem to have the character of Batman down pat. So aside from the, you know, the Batman writer's Bible, did you do any other research on the character? I didn't. I spoke at length with the editor they assigned, Steve Corte. But that was it. I really didn't have any way to do research. Like there had been, by then, I don't know what, 400 million Batman books. <laughs> There's no way I could have possibly read through all of them without getting confused. Exactly, especially with the with the different timelines and one issue might conflict with the timeline of another issue. So even fans like myself, it's hard for us to keep them straight. So I can imagine someone coming in as a researcher would probably make you want to pull your hair out. It would have if I'd tried, but I <laughs> that I did not. Well, they they must have had some great information in the in the writer's bible and <laughs> Maybe not. Not, not, nah, not so much because we had a number of disputes. They told me Batman can't kill anybody. Batman can't have sex. Batman can't curse. Well, that's about my repertoire as a writer. Yeah. So I, I had a little difficulty with that, and I tried to engage them, but they had no sense of humor whatsoever. <laughs> I, I asked them, for example, okay, Bruce Wayne is the best-looking guy in the whole city, right? They said, oh, yeah. I said, and he's the richest. Right. He's got the best house and the greatest toys and all this stuff. Right. But he can't have sex, right? And they said, well, no. I said, well, wouldn't that make you want to kill somebody? <laughs> they, they didn't find that humorous at all. Um, they pretty much acted like I was, you know, interfering with biblical canon or something like that. Oh, goodness. Uh, and indeed, when the book came out, I got a whole lot of hate mail. So oh, no. I, oh, yeah, you ruined Batman because I had a different version of his origins. 
And I did to give his mother an actual persona and an actual reason for being alive other than being a housewife. Right. Some didn't like that at all. Yeah. Actually, a couple days ago, I recorded, um, we talked about Chapter 9 and 10 with John and Maggie from the Married with Comics podcast. And we actually had a pretty good discussion about sociological theory and the fact that you finally gave Martha Wayne a personality, something to do other than being Thomas Wayne's wife and Bruce Wayne's mother. I, I didn't think there was any other way to account for a person such as Batman. That, of course, I didn't create, but to give him some antecedents other than simply he was angry that a mugger killed his mother and father. Mm-hmm. That didn't even make sense to me. Anyway, it's, it's not a common crime given the way it was described, but the way I reasoned it out as an assassination, it would have made sense. And with victims of violent crime, if that were all it took we'd have thousands of Batman running out there, but the circumstances fell just right to produce this Batman. Yeah, at least that's the way I saw it. Yeah. But I don't claim any past knowledge of Batman. I mean, even any real awareness of him. Do you think that the character of Batman slash Bruce Wayne, did he make a good vehicle for the message you were trying to get across? I thought so, otherwise I wouldn't have done it. Nobody knows how much time they had on the planet, and I certainly wasn't interested in wasting any of mine. If they hadn't let me use the character for that very specific purpose, I wouldn't have done it. And and it did work. I mean, it did inflame the Thai government. It did set up a meeting. Actually, you say it set up the meeting between myself and people from Thailand. And it did give me a lot of information that I wouldn't otherwise have had. Interesting. Did Was it DC who uh, encouraged you or, or forced you to change Thailand to Udon Kai? No, no. DC didn't force me to do anything. They, they can't. Any fault or defect in the book is mine not Mm -hmm. DCs, they had no ability to force me to do anything. And I, although Thailand was a target, it wasn't the target. Oh, I see. hardly the only place on the planet where there's child sex tourism. Interesting. So you created kind of a, a fictional area to kind of represent this section of the world and not one country in particular. Not that section of the world, that practice. Right, yes. Okay. Let's see, Paxton from the I Read Movies podcast, he asked how much leeway they granted you, but it sounds like they gave you a lot of leeway. Did they talk to you, well, except with the, with the sex and the uh, killing and the... Well, even, even the killing, there was some aggravation because at the very, well, near the end, where Batman, although he doesn't actually kill anybody, Certainly, if it was a prosecution, it would be aiding and abetting what he did. There was some unhappiness from, I don't know what to call them, bad people, bad fans, because of that as well. But DC didn't interfere whatsoever. Interesting. I know the the Batman fans I've been working with, like we've all really been enjoying this so far. 
Um, I'm only halfway through the book because I take it into pieces. Others have finished it completely and are waiting for me to catch up with them. It's kind of funny that they, they kind of pulled the reins on you know, the sex and killing because they seem in recent years to have relaxed their hold a little bit. I know with the Nolan movies from a few years ago, Batman says, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you, and therefore, you know, allowed a character to die from inaction. And that's really towing a gray line there, I believe. Well, that's exactly, it's hardly, I mean, that's exactly what occurs in the book I wrote. It's, it's not earth-shaking to me to right. learn this. I don't know what happened prior to the book as far as after. I have nothing to say about that. Because yeah. I don't have access. I mean, I haven't seen any of these movies or read any of the comics. Now, speaking of comics, they did end up doing a, a two-issue comic book version of The Ultimate Evil. When did you know that they were going to do that? Or did you know ahead of time? I, I, the deal was that they paid me to do a hardcover novel. But there was no restriction on it other than the compensation package. So they did not only the graphic novel, that two-part thing you mentioned, but they did the paperback, they did an audio book. You know, they basically turned it into whatever kind of cash they could. Did you ever read the comic book version of it? I did. Did you? What did you think of it? It was a relatively faithful adaptation. I if I'd written the adaptation, I would have been a little closer to the printed form, but I don't yeah, have a shrieking objection to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably tricky for a creator to see their work adapted in a different way and knowing that, like, oh, I didn't do that. I might have done something differently, but probably in another way, it was probably interesting to see another person's vision of of what you were working with. Uh, not so much. I, I'm not crazy about other people's vision. I think if they have their own vision, they should write their own stuff. Thankfully, you know, we, we have a, a slew of, of Batman, not only the, the comic books, but there's a number of novels and novelizations, which, of course, is what my podcast deals with. So since DC reached out to you, I suppose it would have been wishful thinking that you would ever do another Batman book, huh? It wouldn't even be wishful thinking. I guarantee you there'd never be another one. <laughs> they were not thrilled with uh, anything except sales. That they were very excited and happy about. Yeah. But uh, the reaction to the book, people either really loved it because it went deeper and had an actual mission, not some idiot wearing a mask that was bad guy but mm -hmm. actual bad people. It had a lot of factual information at the end, the piece wrote, uh, you know, that David Heckler wrote at the end of the book. And I haven't quite got actual, there yet. Right, but, but it's there, trust me. Yeah. Um, and he's a top investigative journalist. Wow. And it had a mission, an actual mission, which was to do something about child sex tourism. So... None of this is really consistent with the Batman chronology. You know, I can't imagine them asking me to do another one. <laughs> it, it's kind of a, it's it's a one-act play, you know. Right. I, I mean, think it's a very good one. Well, thank you, but sending them on another mission wouldn't really make sense. Um, right. So... 
So how does writing a licensed character, is he the only licensed character that you've ever worked with? I know you've done a number of original character novels. He is. I had an author do another one. I I won't mention the name. It's the arrival of DC. They offered (laughs) me one of their characters. They attached too many conditions. The consensus seemed to be that letting me run amok wasn't what was wanted, you know. I see. Uh, So uh, we couldn't come to an agreement. Okay. So how did the experience of writing a licensed character compare with your own characters? Was there much of a difference? Oh, sure. (laughs) Everything I write is grounded in absolute reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Batman isn't real. None of that stuff is real. And it was an entirely different experience for me. But I'm all about mission, and I just stay true to my own mission. And you use whatever tools show up. Right. You can't always choose them. And I, I think, you know, despite whatever pushback you had from fans back in the day, you reached an audience that you might not have reached with your uh, more general fiction books. That's fair. And that that's exactly what the real motivation was. And to be fair, pushback came from a small percentage mm-hmm. of fans, but most of the feedback I got was just lovely. Wonderful. They were really excited that Batman had his feet planted on real ground for a brief period of time. And, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't have been happier with that. I've never written anything where there isn't some people that are offended or angry or upset or, you know, kind of goes with what I do. Right. And it seems there's always going to be that uh, section of, we we call them, you know, toxic fanboys or toxic fangirls where nothing a creator does fits what they think their their characters should do. But speaking of feedback, I do have a, a couple of pieces from some listeners of mine. One I just saw this morning actually on Discord by a user, Palo Tegrin, I think it's pronounced. But they said, this was my first exposure to reading Batman after reading Nightfall, the novel, and before reading the comics. I remember this book really got to me. And John on the Married with Comics podcast, he said, I am kind of in love with the description or with the depiction of the idea that child abuse is something that Batman cannot deal with by being Batman nor is it something that Bruce Wayne can deal with by being rich. And it seems to be turning Batman into the kind of Batman that shows up in various comic runs after a Robin dies or something similar, where Batman becomes all ragey because it's something he did not foresee. All that was to say, holy crap, this is a much better and deeper book than I expected it to be. So even, what, now 30 years later, (laughs) you're still making impacts on people. Oh, I get emails at the website and sometimes even on the bloody Facebook page from people who just read the book. I mean, I don't know how many copies got printed. I don't know how many copies were circulated, but it it seemed like a a lot. Certainly they paid me as if it were a lot. (laughs) So I, I don't know what's still out there. 
and I'm sure the eBay merchants can find copies without great difficulty. So um, I don't imagine, and libraries have copies, so they'll never really go away. Yeah, um, I actually am a librarian, so I'm. Uh, but I, I bought a copy for my own personal library. This came out about the time that the '89 Batman came out with Michael Keaton. Did you happen to watch that movie? I'm sorry, I did not. <laughs> I, I, I find that fascinating. A, I'm not a big well. You don't know me, and if you did, you would understand. I'm right. not a person that I, movies don't do a lot for me. Yeah, I, I read a lot. A real lot, but uh, I'm not entranced by movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just from the little bit I read in your bio, it seems like you certainly have a lot of balls in the air doing work that's you know making real impact rather than just you know sitting in a movie theater as a lot of us do to connect with connect with characters. And I'm not putting down anybody who watches movies or even loves movies. Any oh no. Than put down somebody who loves, I don't know, table tennis. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they like. And, and right. People who spend their leisure time as they like to, it just doesn't do anything for me. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I, I wasn't implying that you were thinking of that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure people have told you, and I, I know you don't do it for the praise, but you just you do wonderful work in the world. Just I'm impressed just by the, the bio. Um, of course, I don't know everything that goes on with your life, but... You're one of those people I think we need more of in the world. So keep up doing what you're doing. <laughs> I think after this many years, it's very unlikely I'm going to stop now. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before uh, before closing up? So, no, not at all. You oh. covered the reason I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else there is because clearly your podcast is aimed at people who have followed Batman for a long time and know a lot about it and care a lot about it. None of that's me. So the way our worlds intersect is off this one book. And even this one book doesn't match the world you know very well. I really like that idea of... DC's world and then your world intersecting and at that point we have this book. I think that's a really wonderful image and a very accurate one. Well, thank you so much and I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and everything else. You too. Right, bye. Bye. Batman is copyrighted to DC Comics and was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. <laughs>